This reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, the 16th chapter. It begins with the 21st verse. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed. And on the third day, be raised. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord. This must never happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Here ends the reading. From that time on, as I always say to you, anytime a passage starts like that, you have to go, well, from what time on? What, what has just happened? Well, what has just happened is Peter has confessed that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, the son of the living God. He's, he's made this bold declaration and Jesus says to him, oh, well, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. My father in heaven has revealed this to you. And there's this great pronouncement. And then so from that time on, there's this change, right? There's, there's this difference because just imagine some sort of revelation that happens in your life. And then from that time on, things are going to be different. Things are going to happen in a certain way. I might think about it this way. Like if you graduate from high school and you get that acceptance letter to the school that you've always wanted to go to, or you decide you're gonna take a year off or you're going to work, from that time on, you've made a decision and you're following on in whatever that decision is. Things will never be the same from that time on. For those of us who've been given children, from that time on, from the time you find out you're pregnant, whatever happens in that situation, whether it's heartbreaking and devastating or whether it ends up that you, you are able to bring children into the world, from that time on, you are never the same. You live your life differently. And then there are those things that we choose that maybe keep us from doing other things, such as when you buy a car on payments. From that time on, for five or six years, you don't have that money to go give to somebody else or go do something else with. When you buy a home or when you rent a place to live, from that time on, you are locked into whatever that contract says that it is or there are repercussions. When we make decisions, there's always a from that time on. And so often, what happens to us is that 
we make decisions based on what we would call, what we think of as the status quo, how things are for us, how we want things to be, how we hope they might be. And anything that challenges that status quo feels like a disruption to us. Because we want from that time on, a lot of times, to be basically the same as what's been happening. Unless something bad is going on in our life. But in this scripture passage, we find out that Jesus is messing with what Peter thinks the status quo is. Because Peter thinks that Jesus is supposed to be the conquering Messiah. The one who comes in, as we might say in the West, riding in on a white horse with, with guns ablazing to take over and to kick the Romans out and to raise up the Jewish people into leadership again and to set all of those kinds of things right. But from that time on, Jesus says, I'm a different kind of savior. I'm a different kind of Messiah. This is not going to go the way you thought it was. Because God is going to use me, God the Father is going to use me to show you that power and violence and holding on to things of the world is not the way of the kingdom. That is not the way to life. That I am the way and that I am a very different way than what you have experienced. And so he tells the disciples this. He starts teaching them this. And it's so disruptive to them. And so disruptive to Peter. And of course, we feel like he's the de facto leader of the the disciple, de facto spokesperson. Or maybe he's just the one who's unafraid to be stupid and say something dumb, which is sometimes what he does. But he takes him aside. He doesn't say it in front of everybody else. He takes him aside and he said, God forbid it. This should never happen to you. Peter is grieving the loss of what he thought was the way. Are any of us grieving the loss of what we thought was the way? Yeah. Absolutely. From that time on, right? For us in Virginia, like March 16th feels like, at least I think that's the date, that's when I keep hearing people repeat, right? March, from March 16th on, things were different. The status quo was not so much the status anymore. And many of us, you know, were disrupted a little. Many of us were disrupted a lot. And from that time on, have not been really sure about where things are going, about about how things are going to be. We long for the status quo. We long for things to be as we thought they were. The interesting thing about being disrupted is that by being disrupted, we finally begin to see some things probably as they actually are. As we think about the economy, as we think about relationships between people of different skin colors, as we think about the systems of the world. There are lots of people who are longing for the status quo. Why can't it just be as it was? And they're doing everything possible to try to shut the door on what's been opened up. 
God forbid it, Lord, this should not be this way. Why are these people acting like this? Why are these people saying these things? That's not how it is. That's not how it was. I was never complicit in that. I never did such a thing. We get to be like Peter. God forbid it, Lord. This should never happen this way. And Jesus says to him, you're in the wrong spot. Peter, you're thinking about this all wrong because there's only one way. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. You got to get behind me because that's the proper place for a disciple. Because you've begun to set your mind on the things of this world, on how you think things are organized. Yes, it looks like the Romans are the ones who have it all figured out because they've, they've got a lock on power. They've got a lock on the rules and the regulations and the policies of this world. But they're not right and they're not the way. I'm the way. And if you're going to understand what's going on really and truly. And if you're going to have your life, you're going to need to follow me. You're going to need to get in the position of a disciple, which is to sit at my feet and to listen and to have my counsel and to allow me to open up your mind to how you might live in this time and in this place, how you might not long for the status quo that you might long for the status of the kingdom. That you might come into a place where there is this inside out and upside down relationship to everything that you've thought, Peter. Because in the kingdom, if you want to become my followers, you've got to deny yourself. Even though the world says you're supposed to hold on to everything, you're supposed to glom on to as much as you can and build up your kingdom as high as you can, you've got to deny yourself, you're going to have to take up your cross, and you're going to have to follow me. And at that time, wasn't that prophetic? How many of those disciples, including Peter, ended up being put on a cross literally? We take this as a metaphor. But for them, it was much more serious. Peter went from being one who was saying, God forbid it, Lord, to being one who was willing to be crucified upside down in the name of Christ. He followed the way all the way to his death, but also to his resurrection, we believe. For those who want to save their life will lose it. Those who lose their life for my sake will find it. So saving equals losing. Losing equals saving. It's this upside down, inside out kingdom that we have such a hard time getting our heads wrapped around because we are so invested in the way that things are for us. Why is it that the gospel of Jesus Christ often shows itself most powerfully in those who are downtrodden and oppressed, it's because the status quo for them is not 
what they desire is not life for them. They seek the kingdom status. The gospel of the world is hold on. The gospel of Jesus Christ is let go. Live with an open heart and an open mind. Seek to befriend the oppressed and the downtrodden. Seek to be with those people who other people don't want to be around. Seek to work in this world so that all people can have an opportunity to know love and grace and hope that we find in the way of Jesus Christ. From this time on, are we ready to die? Die to what? Die to our ego, die to our status, die to our version of success, die to our comfort for the kingdom's sake. One writer says this, maybe disruption is the only way that we pay attention. I know it's been that way in my life. When I've gotten disrupted, when things haven't gone the way that I thought they should go, that's when I finally woke up. And I was like, whoa, what have I been doing? What's really important? What matters here What are the gifts that I already have and why am I always longing for more when what I have I can already use and it is more than enough? And that's not saying that we shouldn't continue to try to build things and do things and grow and change and and because as we do those things, we, we are able to bless more people. We're able to draw more people into this kingdom by helping them be able to take the steps to grow and change and better themselves so that we might walk arm in arm in that kingdom in following Jesus. This writer, Joy Moore, says, maybe being out of place is the only way we recognize the place we ought to be in. Hmm. Will we pay attention from this time on? Will we seek the place that we ought to be in from this time on? My prayer is that the church on earth in this pandemic, that it might be said about this time is that from this time on, the church found itself in the place that it should be, behind Jesus following the way. May it be so with us. Amen.